There is nothing you are doing in Christ that if it's not founded on love is a waste. There is nothing called spirituality without love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it spoke about the gift of the Spirit. You can manifest the gift of the Spirit and not have love. The gift of the Spirit does not mean you are matured in Christ. What shows that you are matured in Christ is love. I want you to take note of something. If you don't have the Father, you will spend all. If you are after the things of the Father, it's different from being after the Father. If you are after the Father, you have the things of the Father. If you are after the things of the Father, you have the things of the Father. You don't have Father, you will spend to mean that we have left where we were and now we are now here. You know, as the church progresses, progress in your life will be exponential in the name of Jesus. Amen. Personally, individually, you have something always to shout about, to testify about in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can you say better? Amen. amen. That's always been a longing. Once my spirit is off a place, my body will follow. Once my spirit is off a place, my mind will be in alignment with my spirit and my body doesn't have a choice than to follow. Glory to God. And so, if you don't like your state right now and then your spirit wants a change, um, I want to advise you, uh, before I pray, let your mind be in alignment with what is going on in your spirit and then you will, there will be a shift in your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I pray for everyone who detects the level you belong to right now, begins to move to that higher level, begins to move, receive a shifting in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't need to know how it will happen. God will cause it to happen in the name of Jesus Christ. This week you testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. You know, um, um, I received one of the shock of my life yesterday when, um, you know, you know, we, 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 for the past almost one year, I've been doing series, series. When God said, I've even written series a lot, you know, on our sponsored ad, new series a lot. Uh, when I realized it is no series a lot. And then, you know, I've talked about it. I said I want to teach on doctrinal foundation of Christian faith, which will establish us better in the faith so that uh, we don't get tossed to and fro uh, by every wind of doctrine or devil doesn't just throw things at us and then we start catching them and then we get deceived by the spirit of the devil or by the um, demons or somebody probably being used um, against us or they try to get off or talk us out of God's uh, blessing for our life. Um, but when you are established in the, in the teachings, the doctrine, the word doctrine means teachings. You are sound. You understand what the scripture is. You understand who the Lord is. You understand what he has come to do for you. You understand what it means to be baptized. You understand what it means to be saved. You understand what it means to be grounded in the word of God. You understand every basic teachings that are fundamental teachings of God's word, you'll be very strong in the application of your faith. You'll be very strong to exercise your faith. You'll be very strong. Even when you're going through hard times, you will know you're just going through, all right? You are not just going to be uh, dwelling in that state. You will know you're just going through because your faith will be strong, your heart will be established, and it will be so strong. You'll be so strong in Christ. And so that is what I have in mind to do. 
uh, which I'm still going to do, but God says I should make sure now that is done basically midweek services. So if you're not going to make it midweek service, probably because where you work is so far, you must make sure that you get the message and listen to them, digest them. Take your time with them, listen to them over and over again. And if you're going to be here during the midweek service, are you listening as well? And then you get the message and listen again because they are forming the foundation. We are revisiting. No Bible says it, the foundation is faulty. What shall the righteous do? So we are revisiting it. And if you are revisiting the foundation of a building, there are a lot of things you have believed over the time, over over time that will be shaking. Do you understand? It will, you have to adjust. You can imagine going to the foundation of this building. Probably there's a it's detected that the building just um, um, shakes somehow. All right, you won't be comfortable to sit here now. So, but then if the engineers go down to the foundation and then they see, they discover the fault and they, they want to make amendments. They might first have to evacuate everybody in the building and take their time to make their um, amendments. And that is very important because no matter how you build in life, if the foundation is faulty, then there is a problem. Don't forget, Bible says, I will liken the person that hear my word and do them, all right? I will liken anybody that hear my word and does them to a building that is constructed on a rock. Do you remember? And then it says that when wind blow, wild wind, um, different kind of stuff, flooding and all that, he said it will be standing and it will not be um, overcome. Uh, it will not collapse. All right? And he says whoever does not do the word or hear the word or do the word, he said that person, the building is constructed on the sand and it will collapse. All right? That's what the scripture says. So that is very important. It's very, very important that you attentive on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is going to be for doctrinal teachings, all right? Foundational, fundamental teachings about our Christian faith. Things that should not bother you, should not bother you, all right? Things, simple things. Do you get it? Should not. I realize that most of the time, pastors go through a lot by canceling this, canceling. I'm not saying that's wrong. I can cancel, you know, you can get into a point in your life that you need cancer, and I'll put you through. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are certain basic things that should not move you. When you see them, you will know that this is a sign that, that something, something, something is happening. And that is based on the kind of foundation that you have in God. Some of us pray and we get tired. You know, it shouldn't be. If you have a kind of foundation, you will know that you are not praying because God should do something for you. You know you are praying for fellowship. So we want to really go deeper in those, what does it mean to have a conversation with God? You understand what does it mean, all right, to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? When some of you fall into sin or you make a mistake, there is a way devil just capitalize on that and arrest your heart, arrest your soul. Alright, then you start, you know, you start, you, are, you don't feel, you feel so guilty, and then you are not conscious of who God has made you to be, or what God has done for you. Alright, he's just looking for a way to get you out of what God has done for your life. But when you are strong and well-founded in faith, you will never be moved by anything the devil throws at you. Alright, if the devil throws things at you, and you realize it's not successful, then they can arrange some people to throw things at you. And if it's not successful, he will look for a situation to arrest you. And if it's not successful, he always look for a way to get at a believer. But no matter how he comes, you will know that he can't get at me. And that's very important. So I have to say that because he said Sundays. He said, I tell you what will happen every Sunday. That's what he told me. So Wednesdays, for fundamental 
foundational teachings. But for Sundays, so I tell you what will happen on Sunday. So I think God realized there are basic needs that people come here for. So on Sundays and then he wants to, realize, he wants to address those needs in Sunday's messages. Praise God. Alright. So now, uh, what he told me to do today is what I want to tell you. <laughs> in fact, I was coming here, I was thinking of teaching you on God's mandate for your life. God's mandate for your life. So we want to come and share with you on what it means to be in ministry with the Lord. God's mandate for your life. Alright? Now, before I start sharing it, because he didn't tell me to share it, let me quickly move to what he has sent me to share. Glory to God. So he said I should tell you about loving the Father. Just note it. Loving the Father. Look at your neighbor. Say, loving the Father. And that's why I sang that song. Jesus, you love me too much. I see gay boys morning. Too much, too much. Excess love. Praise God. Don't look at me like that. You have my kind of voice. It's you. I'm talking about you. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. So that's why I sang it. Uh, um, let me tell you this. There is nothing you are doing in Christ that if it's not founded on love, is a waste. Love is all about everything. There is nothing called spirituality without love. As powerful as Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit was given as a result of love. As powerful as Jesus was on the earth, it was given as a result of love. Alright? Now, you know what he told me to teach you about love are not things that I've been teaching before about love. Because as I mentioned loving the Father now, some of you are already calculating. First Corinthians chapter 13. You're already calculating, you know, you know, those scriptures about love. You are very intelligent. You are a scholar of love. But we want to have practitioners of love. Praise God. People who come into the awareness and consciousness of the love of the Father for them. Who are so sure. Do you know you can be going through hard times and you think God has, um, God's love has expired? Praise God. You can be going through hard times. I saw a book. The title is, When God Does Not Make Sense. Somebody says, if God does not make sense, he makes faith. Praise God. And faith doesn't make sense. Glory to God. But you see, it takes somebody who knows the love of the Father to know that when God does not make sense, or when it seems it does not make sense, when it seems God does not make sense, then something is being worked out in my life. It takes somebody who knows the love of the Father. Alright? When God corrects you, you know that he's correcting you in love. In Hebrew, he says you're a, you a bastard if you cannot be corrected. Glory to God. Somebody say after me, say I'm a bastard if God cannot correct me. You will know the love of the Father today. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Now, okay, you said that to yourself. Look at your neighbor. Say you are a bastard. <laughs> if you cannot be corrected by God. <laughs> but say thank God. You are not a bastard. Because you receive correction. Alright? So what I mean by that is that he allows situations sometimes, alright, to correct you. To, to direct you, to get your attention. We'll never be this prayerful in Africa if we don't have this much of problem in Africa. Have you noticed? Good. There is a way God can turn the whole Europe to start seeking him. 
when they face challenges that is beyond their power. It's God. No matter how scientific or how intelligent you are, He knows how to get you. Praise the Lord. He knows. So loving our Father. Now let's quickly turn our Bible to Matthew chapter 22. There is nothing like love or commandment without love. According to the scriptures, everything is summarized as love. Look at it. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parable and said, no, go to verse 37. Verse 37. Say, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Let's read from verse 35. Verse 35. He said that one of them, a lawyer has him a question testing him and saying, verse 36, he says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, he that has kept received. Jesus said to him, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your heart, and said with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38, he said, this is the first and great commandment. Yes. He says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let's see what's written in verse 40. He said, on these two commandments, and all the law, and the prophet Moses is hanging on these two commandments. All the prophets. John the Baptist. What God is saying here, he said there is nothing all of them could have achieved except on the platform of love. Except by love. We all know that love is so important and is so much more important than faith. And we can prove it from the scripture. It's so important that the Bible says that if I have all faith and I move all mountains and I don't have love, it says it's nothing. It's so important that it's much more important than speaking in tongues. You can speak in tongues and the love of God is not working in your heart. It says you are making noise. That's what the scripture is saying. You are making noise. You are like a tinkling cymbal. You are just making noise. So we know that love is much more important than faith. Bible says these three things, they are wonderful things. Faith, love, and hope. But it said the greatest of all is what? Is love. Now, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it spoke about the gift of the Spirit. You can manifest the gift of the Spirit and not have love. The gift of the Spirit does not mean you are matured in Christ. What shows that you are matured in Christ is love. Anointing can flow. But love, if you check it, the last verse, I think 1 Corinthians 12 verse 31 or so, it said, yet I will show you a more excellent way. Now the more excellent way is the way of love. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is the way of love. And let me tell you, the most difficult thing for Christians is just to express love. And that's the most difficult. It's not difficult to speak in tongues. You can even start speaking in tongues after you just committed an, a sin. Or you, don't, you can speak in tongues. The Spirit can always release utterance. You can speak in tongues at any time. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to speak in tongues after you just committed a sin. Because even your tongue can be like an apology for the sin you just committed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because your religious mind might say, hey, even this tongue I'm speaking. 
As I just committed, let's say you just committed adultery now. Or fornication. Say, and I'm speaking in tongues. But earnestly desire the best gift, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Then he started talking about love. You know, Bible is not in chapters. God doesn't talk in chapters. God cannot talk to you and say, chapter one, my son, go to college. Chapter two, go and get a job. God doesn't talk that way. He just talks. And then we put it in chapters so that we can understand. So then he started talking about love. Alright? Started talking about love. So love is so important that scripture says, love, faith, walk it. Walk it by love. So we know that. So love is the foundation of everything. Love is so important that the Bible says God himself is love. God is not faith. God is not hope. God is love. Everybody say God is love. love. Alright. So we've proven it many times that if you are born of God who is love, you should be loved. Glory to God. And that's your nature. So who wants to look at how to love the Father? Now, this is the standard. You can't love anything. You can't even love yourself until you have loved the Father. Because he says the first is love the Lord your God with your whole heart. I remember I was in a class and then one of our lecturers, um, he just said, he quoted this place. And then, you know, because I teach Sunday schools a lot, I teach Bible schools, a Bible, you know, you know, if you have always been doing that, there are some scriptures that will just be in your heart. So he just divided the class. They're Muslims, Christians. Gave Muslims a question, they failed. He said, Christians, because he's a Christian, he said, don't disappoint. He said, you see what will happen. Christians will get it. And then he said, somebody should represent the Christians. So, I being a pastor in the class was not chosen. That's how I know that a Pentecostal pastor is not as heavy as a deeper life brother. A deeper life brother was chosen. And he quoted this place. He said, this place that Jesus quoted, he quoted Matthew 22, 37 to 39. He said, where can it be gotten? Where, was the, where is the original reference of that scripture that Jesus quoted? That he used to answer that teacher of the law. Immediately he said it, I have two answers. And so, my Jim Jim, deeper life, brother, and funniest thing is that part of the building block of my faith, deeper life is part of it. I went to their Monday Bible, the ones I couldn't attend, I guess they are, they are outlines. You know, I don't know, maybe they still do that outlines. So, you know, um, WF Kumi will always do three subtopics. You understand? The cause. Alright? The consequence. And the solution. Check most of his messages. So I don't have anything against the father. Hmm? But that my brother disappointed the whole class. So he now said, he said, ah, the lecturer said, ah, ah. So somebody now said, bishop, 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 you know, I bear many names, <laughs> many titles. And I said, okay. So I took them to the tower room. Let's go to the Deuteronomy. Somebody said, destroy your enemy. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Alright? Not destroy your enemy. Always likes to destroy your enemy. 
you know, scripture says that, you know, you, you in Psalm, he said, my corpse runs over. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my... If he has dethroned your enemy, you will have been dethroned to have a table prepared before you. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now we're going to read from verse... Let me quickly read from verse 1. There's something I want you to get. Now this is the commandment. This is the commandment. And these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord our God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. I believe some of us are going into a future to possess certain things. Let's learn from here. He said that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. You and your son and your grandson all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Now let me show you something here. Your longevity, long, longevity is key here. He said you, your son and your grandson. Alright? You can even have great grandson. He said all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. Verse 3. He says, therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a flowing, a land flowing with milk and honey. Observe it. You know, the way he refers to the commandment, he always refers to the commandment as one. To observe it. Now, go to the next verse. He said, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. So we know that, that God is one. And then it could be three in one. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 5. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You see that? With all your soul and with all your strength. Can you give us amplified version? Amplified. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind. And that's all I want to show you. And hearts. And with your entire being. And with all your minds. Now let's go to verse 6. It said, and these words which I, I am commanding you this day. And these words which I am commanding you this day. Shall be first in your own minds and hearts. Then, verse 7. He said, you shall wet and sharpen them so as to make them penetrate and teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Verse 8. He said, and you shall bind them as a sign upon your head and they shall be as frontlets for headbands between your eyes. Verse 9. And say, and you shall write them upon the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Verse 10, it said, and when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you with great and godly cities which you did not build. Praise God. So love is the way into a property you did not build. Go to verse 11. He said, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill. Can you see that? Now, if our God is a loving God in the Old Testament, you can imagine what is happening in the New Testament. He says, the house is full of all good things which you did not feel. And sisters, hewn out which you did not heal. And he said, vineyards and holy trees which you did not 
plant. And when you eat and are full, verse 12, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You can read till verse 15. There are many more things. You know why I read to this point? So that you know when we talk about God's love, it has a consequence. Praise the Lord. It has a consequence. Glory to God. Now, you know where the challenge is. It's difficult for us to love the Father because we have not come into the consciousness of God's love for us. You have never sat down. Yes, you know. He suffered. He was buried. He died. He was buried. And he resurrected for you. You have seen it in the scripture. But there is something about coming into an awareness of the proof of the love of the Father. Let me give you an example. Jesus always used earthly fathers. One of the ways, when, one of the areas where he used earthly fathers is when he said that if you, when he says, ask and you shall be given, in Matthew chapter 7, he says, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be what? Open unto you. Then he now started teaching further. You know what he said? He said, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. If you know how to give good gifts to your children. He said, how much more your heavenly father will give to you whatsoever you ask, or we give the gift of the Spirit. How much more your heavenly Father? That's what the Bible says. He said, how much more your heavenly Father? Now, we know the love of our earthly Father, but we don't know the love of our heavenly Father. Or, we rate the love of our earthly, of our heavenly Father according to the love of our earthly Father. Sometimes we relate with God based on I mean, with regards to the love of the Father, based on the way the earthly Father loves us. And so I want to show you some things in the scripture first about the love of the Father towards us. Then I will now tell you how he has told us to love him with all our heart from the scripture. Because the benefit of walking in love or loving the Father is that there are places he has prepared for us that we didn't prepare. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are places he has prepared. There are things that he has finished, he has furnished for us, and which we find it difficult. We, find, we, 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 are, we are not aware of them because we are yet to be aware of his love. You need to be conscious of what he has done, or who he is, or how he so much he loves you, for your eyes to be open to see those things. And that's why you can be in a big city like this. Alright? Where there is so much flowing of milk and honey. Forget it. Nigeria has milk and honey. And you are living in the you are living in scarcity. Do you remember in Egypt when there was so much scarcity God created Goshen. Goshen was different. And God was taking care of his own people in the midst of scarcity. Praise the Lord. And so that's what I want to show you. Proof number one, that God loves you. And no, it's like a class. You see proof number one, Roman figure one, Roman figure two, Roman figure three. Do you remember? Proof number one is that God loves us because Jesus was sent 
God suffered, died, and resurrected for us. God himself. In the person of Jesus. So now, under that caption, we're going to look at about seven things that he did with respect to that. Number one, the generosity of God's of God, the generosity of God, the generosity of God's love. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, God so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But you should know that God is not the first to do this in the scripture, even though he has done it. You know, Abraham did it, right? Aha. I see, let me tell you, anything that God has done for you can be requested from you. If he had requested it from Abraham, Abraham is not just a father of faith, he's a father of love. He couldn't have been a father of faith without being a father of love. Love first. Love first. For him to be accredited, to be a father of faith, was a father of love. Walked in love with God to the extent that God said, your only son, Isaac, your only begotten. The way he described the gift he was supposed to give, you know he was talking about Christ in a figure. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that is why the Bible says, behold the lamb of God that was slain from the foundation. It was the lamb that was used to replace Isaac. Because if you read in Hebrew, scripture said, Abraham believed that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. There was no, there was no record of restoration. And Abraham believed do you get what I'm saying? Because love has the greatest temptation. And it has the greatest test. Now be calm. We are not requesting that you give a gift that is Isaac gift. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or Isaac offering. That's not what we are teaching. We are not going there. Alright? But it's God that will request that from you. So he said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Glory to God. Now we all know this scripture. But I want you to take note of God so loved the world. Now, don't ever think you are the only one that God loves. God so loved the world. He loves you and then he loves every other person. Roman finger 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. For God to die, he left everything. Everything. Look at it. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, I just want you to have a basic understanding of God's love towards you. Verse 6. Just move. Who being in the form of God, look at it. Did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Verse Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Look at it. Go back. But made himself of no reputation. Now I'd like you to take note along the teaching. As I teach, you will see that there will be a point in your life in order to fulfill what God has sent you, you have to switch off reputation. Taking the form of a bond servant. Now, Paul referred to himself as a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Alright? And coming in the likeness of men. Don't forget Bible says, Behold, we beheld his glory. The word became flesh. Verse 8. He said, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. That death wasn't easy for Jesus who was God. Because you remember. He said, Father, let this cause forth pass over me. Now, he says, he became obedient. Even to the death of the cross. Verse 9. He says, therefore God also highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every name. Yes. And he says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth. Praise God. Now, Jesus became a cause. Verse 3. Bible says, cause is he that is hung on the tree. Cost is he that is hung on the tree. Cost. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Because of time. Let's move. He became a cause. Roman figure 4. Jesus became a sin. He made him who knew no sin. Scripture says to be what? Sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus became sin. Jesus became sin. He took our sickness. The next point. Romans 5. He took our sickness. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Let's see Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were, we are healed. Now if you read Isaiah chapter 53, the whole Isaiah chapter 53 was talking about Christ. What Christ suffered. What he was going to do. Every detail. If you move into Isaiah 54, then he now started talking about people who are desolate, that they should burst into joy, and that they should rejoice. It was based on what he has written in Isaiah chapter 53. Are you getting what I'm saying? That our victory, regardless of what we are going through, is based on God's love. Are you getting what I'm saying? Number six. John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief came but to steal, kill and destroy. But I came that I might give you life and life abundance. So he came to give us life and life abundance. Let me stop at Roman figure 7. He became all things to us. Jesus is our blessing and he became all things. You remember Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. With all spiritual blessing. Now, why did they have to put the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Because the blessing came through him. Cause is it that is angle on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. So Jesus is our blessing. Now, Proverbs saw this earlier, prophetically declared, he said, um, was it Proverbs? I think it's Proverbs. Proverbs 10.22. Is it 10.22? Or Job 10.22? He talks about the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he has, now, if you check the original rendering is he has no sorrow. The blessing is a he. He has no sorrow. Proverbs 10, 22. To it. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say? 
to these things. If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, take note, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, take note, with him, also freely give us how many things? So he became all things. That's why scripture says, all things are yours. Somebody say, all things are mine. Now, all this is because of the love of the Father. God loves the whole mankind. Number two, Matthew 5, 44 to 48. You know, uh, in Matthew 5, 44, I'm just looking at time because I still have some things to share with you. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who cause you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. This is even difficult. Go back to that scripture. All of you, you are going to read it. Because if it comes to you in real life, you will remember the Bible says you should fight a good fight of faith. This is not what he's talking about. You don't fight those who fight you. Look at it. He said, but I say, everybody read together, one, two, three, go. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. So in your place of work, you pray for your boss who spitefully use you and persecute you. Go to verse 45. That you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son. Now look at it. He said that you may be sons of your father in heaven. Look at it. He said he makes his son rise on the evil. So your father doesn't discriminate when it comes to sons shining. He says, and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the on, I'm sure if Christians will have their way, they will corner the rain. I'm sure if Christians will have their way, they will corner the sun. That we will have to prove a point to you that we are the one that is right. Love doesn't prove any point. It doesn't prove anything. You know, many of you want to show that God is with you. And that's why it will look like God is far from you. Because love doesn't prove anybody. He says your father allows rain to fall on the evil and the good. It should be like your father. Go to verse 6, 46. He said, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? He's saying the unbelievers of those days, tax collectors, they were crooked people. He said they do the same. Customs. Custom officers. He said they do the same. FIR, you know, those people, they've always been corrupt. He said they do the same. So you have to do, you know, Jesus told us, he said, our own righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees. Do you remember? If you see the righteousness of the Pharisee, you know that your own righteousness cannot surpass except if it is given to you as a gift. Do you get what I'm saying? What he's actually saying is that you cannot work out your righteousness by yourself. I have to give it to you as a gift. So he's saying at the same level that the tax collectors love. They love those who love them. And that is the definition of friendship according to people. That you respond to those who respond to you. But according to this scripture, he said, no. He said, this is who your father is. Your father is generous. He blesses the sinners. That's what the scripture is saying. You see the way of a sinner. 
They will do import and exportation business and it will be successful. That's what your father is saying. That's what Bible is saying. You will be in the same class. They might even score better than you because he releases on everybody. Now you came into Christ because you think you should be better and you want to be better and you can be better. But there is a general playground for everybody. Because everybody was made by him. In fact, according to Paul, he wrote to a church. He said, you were once alienated. He said, just like us. I was like that. He said, but the grace of God founded me. You see that? And then by faith, I came into him. <laughs> Number three. You can read that to verse 45, 48. Number three. Bible talks about the love of the Father. John 15, verse 12 to 13. He said, as I have loved you. John 15, verse 12. He said, this is the commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So, Scripture talks about it. One of the proof, if, except if you don't believe the Bible, one of the proof is that Jesus, the, the Scripture talks about the love of the Father. Whether it's Jesus speaking it, or God speaking it directly, or so, if when Jesus talks it, God talks it, when the Holy Spirit talks it, Bible talks it, God talks about it. So, what he's saying is that Bible confirms that if you check throughout the scripture, he's just talking about the love of the Father. He's talking about the love of the Father. He said, love one another as I have what? Loved you. Verse 13. Greater love. Ask no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his what? For his friends. Now, I'd like to give you an assignment. You need things that represent or that depicts the love of the Father in your life. How many of you have ever found yourself in situations that you know that you know that you know that if not because God loves you, you will not have escaped this kind of situation? How many of you? You always have a reason to show or to, to confirm that God... You know, let me tell you this. If unbelievers have a reason... To know that God loves them. Even if they deny the same God. Because the rain that is falling on their business, the blessing, or the sun that is shining, alright, on them is a proof of the love of the Father. So it means that unbelievers have a proof of the love of the Father. Alright? Now, these proofs alone are taking my time. Now, let me give you another one. Another proof that God loves us is that He is mindful of us. Psalm 15, if you read from verse 12 to 15, he said, God is mindful of us and he has given us the earth. He said, heaven belongs to him, the earth he has given to children of men. Hebrews chapter 12, if you read from verse 5, he said, what is man that you are mindful of him? So God is mindful of us. Somebody say, God is mindful of me. So it means that God thinks about you, alright, is because he's in love with you. Now, you see, is first and foremost natural before spiritual, according to the scripture. What that means is that you can use natural things to actually explain spiritual things. Praise the Lord. Now, if you see two people who are in love with themselves, one of the things that will be so glaring is that they will be mindful of themselves. They will be mindful of themselves. Alright? That's, you know, I've been thinking about you all day. Sending themselves a text. I've been thinking about you all day. 
And if somebody who is in a relationship with you who can break up at any time, even if somebody who is married to you who can just sue you and then ask for... I mean, I'm talking about man. Are you getting what I'm saying? Whether full of the Spirit or not, how much more God, all right, sending you a message that I've been thinking about you all day. And the message is the scripture. You can find it all throughout the scripture. It's mindful of us. Bible says everything that was made, or that was, that how we were made, everything, the way we were made, every detail was according to his design. That's why the time says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Glory to God. So God is mindful of us. Look at your neighbor and say, God is mindful of you. Now, I just want you to take all this because it's very important. Number five, God's secrets are for us. God's secrets are for us. Now, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it was talking about the wisdom of God and it was talking about the mysteries that was hidden from ages, which was hidden for us. They are not hidden from us, but they are hidden for us. Let's read verse 9. Let's read verse 9 because of time. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's read together. 1, 2, 3, go. But as it is written, Nor head, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, don't go. Just stay there. I has not seen, nor hear, heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Praise the Lord. Now he says, everything we have seen is for those who he loves. He said, but there are greater things. There are hidden things for those who respond to him or to respond to his love. Look at verse 10. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. But God has revealed them to us His spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So the secret of God, because He's in love with God, is in love with us, and we are responding in love to Him, are with us. You remember Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 says, The secret of the Lord belongs to us and to our children, and children's children. Glory to God. Number six. God's purpose is for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. God's purpose. This is one of the reasons why you know that he loves us. He has a purpose or a mandate for our life. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. Glory to God. Now, he said, to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So he has a special assignment and a special purpose for us. Now, let's go to the last one, number seven. Luke chapter 15, verse from, let's read from verse 11. Every of his parable talks about the love of the Father. Every of his parable. In my talk about business, you will see love there. There is nothing you see in the scriptures that you will not see the love of the Father there. But let's consider this. You know, this is the parable of a prodigal, the prodigal son, right? Good. But I want us to examine some things in the parable of the prodigal son. All right? What we mean by the prodigal son is like somebody who is wasteful, right? 
Let's see it. You realize that it's not son that is prodigal. You realize that even the father, we should, sus- we should suspect the father. Then he said a certain man had two sons. Verse 12. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. That's why they call him prodigal son. He says, he gathered together and wasted. You know that no son has the guts to ask the father, give me what you are writing in the will. Give me my own now. What you have written in the will. Give me my own now before you die. Are you getting what I'm saying? Although I've seen so many things in this Lagos. Let's read the next verse together. There arose a severe famine in that land. And it began to be in want. There arose. He has spent all. I want you to take note of something. If you don't have the father, you will spend all. You see? If you are after the things of the father, it's different from being after the father. If you are after the father, you have the things of the father. If you are after the things of the father, you have the things of the father, you don't have father, you will spend it. Look at what it says. said, but when he had spent all, no savings, no investment, no cryptocurrency, <laughs> And it began to be once. You will know that it was actually far away from the father here. For Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Uh-huh. Go to the next verse. Let's read together one, two, three, go. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. <laughs> and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. <laughs> he became the citizen of another country. Just like some of you are tired of green passports. You want blue passports. You want red passports. Just make sure you carry the father along. And he was sent as a servant to be feeding swine. Now, to the Jew, swine. Eh? It's an abomination. I hope you remember. You know, it's part of the animals. They should know it. Do you remember? Even when Jesus was to cast out the demons and the demons said, please cast us into the swine. Jesus answered the prayer. Not because demons have enough faith to attract the answer of Jesus. But because normally in a Jewish nation, swine is an abomination. It's a taboo to eat swine. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if they occupy demons... Is of no use. So he was sent. You see, according to this, this guy is gone. He's completely out of order. He was sent to the field to, to feed swine. Now, let's move forward. Verse 16. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pores that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. No one. 
If they say no one gave him anything, it means that he wasn't collecting salary. He was feeding the swine for free. He was eating out of what the swine... No, no, wait. He was eating out of what the swine were eating. Go to the next one. But when he came to himself, this is where solutions started. From. He said, how many of my father's iron servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. He's saying that, look, even my father has servants. He says they have enough to spare. And I am here. I'm perishing with hunger. Go to the next verse. I will arise. Yaoje. And go to my father. And we say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Verse 19. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your... The higher servants with the father are living better life than him. Say, make me one of your higher servants. He said, forgive me, but don't make me your son again after your forgiveness. Just make me one of your servants. You know the reason is because if you look at their, their law and their way of life, that's why scripture says, as long as the hair is a child, it's not different from a slave, a servant. So what that means is that if a child grows up and the adoption ceremony is conducted for him, the father puts him forward in the society and gives a signature on him as a son, meaning that whatever this guy does as from today, I do it. He is capable of representing me in all my board meetings. He is capable of signing all my checks. He is capable of carrying out duties on my behalf. That's what it means to be a son. So he says, look, with what I have done, I have violated everything. Just let me be at the backyard. Let me be on the field like one of your hired servants. Let's go. And he said, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He couldn't run. You know, if you are hungry, you can't run. Well, you know the funniest thing? It was his father that ran. Now, listen, you know, I am telling you about three people here now. I'm telling you about the prodigal son, the loving father, and the prodigal son's brother. What Jesus wanted us to see here is how heavy his love is towards us. He said, regardless of everything that he has done, as he saw him, he had compassion. He said, when he was still great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And his father ran. The man couldn't wait. You know what devil wants to achieve in anybody's life? Is that when you start feeding swine, he wants you to look for another better swine to feed. And he will be taking you further. Further, further away from the father. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you always be looking for a greener pasture where there is no greener pasture. Look at it. He says his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
You know, this is funny. It wasn't servants that saw him. Now, just imagine it as a drama. It means his father was very, very, very somewhere located where you could easily see him. No, no, no. I want you to imagine it. Let's say this whole building belongs to the father. It's more or less like the father was expecting him. Because nobody came to tell the father. You know, when the other son was coming, somebody met the son and told the son, that old boy, we're having party inside. But this one is like the father was already outside expecting him. The Bible says when he saw him, he had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21. It's so funny because I know his robe will have changed. Everything about him will have changed, but he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned again. You know he has not said it when the father kissed him. You know he has not said it when the father had compassion on him. What makes you think is asking God for forgiveness that makes him forgive you? No, 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 no. I want you to think about it. What makes you think is asking God for forgiveness that makes him forgive you? But that, does that mean that we should not ask for forgiveness? No. But according to this parable, he had forgiven, right? You already had compassion, right? So Bible says, then he said to the father, I've sinned against everyone and in your sight I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That's how some of us feel at times. Whereas some of the things that can promote us as sons is for us to just go astray small and come back, you know, to get promoted. Praise God. You experience the love of the father. That's why you, when you make mistakes, let me tell you something. One of the greatest lessons you should learn is how God will embrace you when you come back. And that is why it is a crime to look at people and condemn them. Because if God has not condemned anybody, if you condemn them, eh, it's a serious sin. Although God will still have compassion on you too. Praise God. But you can you have that judgmental sense. Look at it. Um, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22. But the father says to his servants. You know the father did not even respond to that. Now see the response of the father. But the father says to his servants. Bring out the best robe. That's how you know that the robe is wrong. Because the robe he was wearing before he left. Is gone. Probably he sold it when he was in hunger. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he said, bring out the best robe and put it on him. The best robe. He said, and put the ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. All these things are symbolic in Israel. Remember the signet ring? He said, best robe. And he said, sandals on his feet. Glory to God. Verse 23. He said, and bring the fatted calf. Somebody say fatted calf. Now, fatted calf is not an ordinary calf. You might not be familiar with fatted calf here. Because most of our cows are also going through what the nation is going through. <laughs> you know, I went to buy, I was in Oyo State. I went to buy cow. There's this cow market in Oyo State. International market. When I got there, so I bought a cow that worth like, uh, no, two. It's like 250 or thereabout. 
to his daughter. So the people that were selling, they said, ah, that you know, recently they mentioned a woman, so I know the woman. They said she came here and bought a cow. Then I said, eh. They said, one cow the woman bought is 1.1 million, 1.1 something millionaire. That's fatted cow. You know, I was now asking them, how does the cow look like? You know that if they were smart people, they would have actually snapped the cow. They would have probably created a frame for the cow. So as, I, as they told me, I would, I would just gladly go and see the picture. They can even tell me to pay to see the picture of the cow. Because it was a different cow. Heavy. Heavy. That's what they should bring. For somebody who went astray. Now, look at, if you look at this story, wouldn't you like to go astray? No, 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 just. <laughs> Somebody say I'm a straight pastor. <laughs> fatted. He said, bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Now see the response of the father. No, 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 look at it. If you have a son and he comes to you and says, I'm divide the inheritance. I'm going my way. Don't go. Stay. No, 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 no. I'm going my way. And that's why there shouldn't be anybody you can't forgive. The person took, if your son takes the whole thing and left, and he came, fatted cow for. <laughs> no, it is, when you think, Jesus, you love me too much, this is what I want you to see. No, wait, let's, since God has been calling you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, do you know how many times you have seen? No, no, can we be real? Do you know how many times you have made mistakes? If I ask you to screen Saturday, how your day went on Saturday, you know that's why some people came to a conclusion and then they said that we are not qualified to be in your presence. They still prayed the prayer of a prodigal son. Not knowing that they've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Some people are still desiring that God make us one of your servants. Whereas, the person you are talking to is killing a fatted cow. He's already rejoicing with angels. That, ah, okay, he's back. Are you getting what I'm saying? Verse 24. He said, for this my son, he called him son. Now that's how you know that a son can never be a servant. Regardless of what he goes through. Let me not deceive you. Backslide, you are a son. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't backslide. Say, but for the purpose of this teaching, I say unto you, backslide, you are a son. But don't backslide. You don't know that God has caught your back if you fall backward or forward, you fall on grace. If you fall forward, you fall on. If you fall sideways, you fall on. You fall on grace. You will be restless in a strange land. You'll be restless. Hunger will show up. Some of you don't know the meaning of hunger. When you call on the name of the Lord and your spirit is dry, 
Your spirit is dry. Your boss is mad at you. Your spouse is mad at you. Your children. Wayward. Your business. Going down. Have you ever seen the way some, some, some markets go down? Especially all those um, internet markets. <laughs> and it's just because I don't want to mention anyone now because I know, I know people that have gone through things. So, and it's coming down. I mean, I mean, twenty thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars, and then they are hoping it will go to thirty thousand dollars and ten thousand. They say no, it's by December. By December, it will start. You know, it's December. You know, around December, it will just pick up. It will just pick up. Then it doesn't. It didn't pick up, and then it starts start coming down to five thousand dollars. It says from twenty thousand dollars, Jesus, pastor, pastor, pastor. Somebody said the Holy Spirit told him. He said, sell your stocks. He said, the day he sold his stock, that same week, the stock market crashed. You know, some people bought it. <laughs> no, your own might not be big. I met a man. His stock market, the stock market crashed. He had about 50 million worth of stocks and it came down to 5 million. And you know, Nigerians, we don't die. Whatever happened? I mean, people hardly commit suicide now. Have you? I mean, people we are we are just hopeful people naturally. We are always hopeful. People are dying. They can't pay B. They are walking on the street. You will see them. They are still. Hope. Some of them will stop by, look at the comedian. They will be, they will be laughing. Some of them will sit down at the beer parlor. They will drink, 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 drink. Hopeful. Hopeful. Just like all of us now, we are hopeful that Nigeria will be better. Even if they show you the state of the nation. You know, most of the time, we don't know the state of the nation. Masses don't know the state of the nation. If they show you. Like I was in a meeting, we were just talking, they were talking. They said that over the years, since 1999, we have been on fake and false indices. Our economic indices have been false. And this is the first time the real indices are coming out. So you know the state of the economy of the nation, which will have been there since... This is the state. For this, my son was dead. Look at it. He was dead. And his life again. He was lost and is found. Lost and found. It's from here. And he said, and they began to be merry. So the father was happy. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Now this is the challenge. You see, people that sin or make mistakes, they are in relationship and in real love with the father. Alright? Then those who are righteous are holier than thou. And I want you to see the difference. This older son is a religious guy. He is saved but religious. Just see that way. He also lives in the same house, but he's religious. And you'll see what religion can do. You'll see what religion can do now. Because your eyes will never be open to things that belongs to you. Look at it. Now his older son came, and then he came and drew near the house, and he heard music and dancing. Verse 26. And he said, so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Verse 27. He said, and he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him, Safe and son, your father has killed the fatted. You have to be careful of the news that people give you. Who sent this guy to this point? 
No, have you, did the father send him that when the older son is coming, you look, approach him, whenever he asks you, whatever, tell him, he has killed the fatted calf. You know you that you are almost getting offended before, you are about to be offended, and people give you information to fuel your offense. You have to be careful of what you hear from people. He wants to get you into anger or into offense against someone that God has not God has not condemned and is not offended in. Look at it. He said, your father has killed the fatted calf. This person can talk. Beware of people who can say what they are not saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? If where's the offense? Beware of the gossips. Different kinds. You see it here. Verse 28. It says, but he was hungry. Why? He wasn't angry before until he got the information. You know, if he had heard that, you know, if he had said that, ah, your brother is back. Oh, my brother is back. You will know there is the fatted calf. It's the fatted calf that caused the anger. It's the fatted calf. Because he referred to it later. You will see it now. It's the fatted, and you have to be careful the way you relate with brothers. With others. Because it doesn't even affect the father. And the funniest thing is that if you are trying to bring others down, it doesn't affect the people you are trying to bring down. It doesn't affect them. Look at it. He said, but he was hungry and would not go in. He was so hungry that he wouldn't go in. And the Bible says, therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. And this father must be very loving. Ah, what are you doing outside? I'm hungry. You keep fat cow. Ah, sorry. Come in. You know that must be a very gentle father. Eh, I keep fatted car. Servants, lock him outside. <laughs> but you see, the father is not like that. Look at it. He says, well, <laughs> somebody said, oh, Gemma, Louis. That is he your father's car? <laughs> Just like people say that. <laughs> when they say, hey, you see, uh, uh, why are you crying? Is he your crying? You know, something like that. <laughs> is he your father's father's car? He said, but he was angry and would not go in and father pleaded with him, verse 29. He says, so he answered and said to his father, Lo, this many years. Look at it. They are always having many years. Born again in the year 19 Moses. <laughs> Baptized in the year 19 Joshua. They are always having many years. Have you noticed that those who have many years of faith, they don't hit fatted calf. You know, to them, they don't break the law. Have you seen the way some people can display virginity? Just because they've narrowly escaped certain little, little things that you, some of you couldn't escape. I'm not, I'm not saying all of you, but, you know. <laughs> so what now concerns God? Have you noticed these bad babes that get the good guys? Harlem babes getting the kingdom guys. When they come into the kingdom, don't go for Harlem. <laughs> No, I'm just telling you. Because when we are talking about the fatted calf, see, when we are talking about it, it's in, it's in different form. Do you know it's not impossible that you can be seated here and then you realize you have been in church for like five years and somebody came in, he just went, he said, he just got born again and he got a job. Five months. And it's a fatted job. <laughs> and you know the funniest thing? Because he got that kind of job, you know he can be hungry? 
that I thought as a pastor was prophesying, it was pointing my direction. <laughs> and I, I remember this brother was even he came late that day. He, pastor, I even finished prophesying before he came. <laughs> but you know the, the art of man is very funny. That you can even get married and somebody who is a virgin is still looking up to God to get a child. And somebody who, who did not even know that he was going to have a child when he got married. Because of the way he or she has spent their life. And they got married in nine months. Bam! Some people got pregnant in this village. Where I, had to, you know, I, I said, well, when did it happen? They say it's the very week. The very, because if you look at it, it's as if something happened before they got married. Fatted pregnancy. <laughs> So he said, many years I have been serving you. Now, this is the problem. If you don't understand the love, don't serve. Don't serve. Ha! Let me tell you, you'll be, your service will be tested. Your service will be tested. Some things will seem so delayed. And you are the one to first come. You are the one to clean everywhere. You are the one to carry this, carry that. You look so, you seem to be so loyal and things are not happening. That's what this guy is trying to say. For these years I've been loyal serving you. For these many years I never transgressed. Do you know the father did not dispute it? Ah. Do you know the father did not dispute it? That what are you saying? Maybe you lied yesterday. Maybe you, this guy was righteous and he was confirmed. But the other guy, bad guy, he just came. Ah, I said, the father has freed me. He said, hey, I'm his son. And as they were drinking, you know, the word Mary there is joy. They were so joyful. And then they were drinking. In Jewish culture, they drink. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet, you never gave me a young goat. <laughs> ah, this guy has been suffering. You know, we, he moved from calf to goat. Ah, no. It's a serious case. You know, he didn't even say young. He didn't even mention calf. He said, you never gave me a young Ogufe. The goat is Ogufe now, eh? He said, that I might make merry with my friends. Do you know that why he was angry was because of the father's calf? Can you see it? Don't be angry because God is blessing the others. Don't be angry. The proof of God's love in your life is that he's blessing the others. And the proof that you are going to have your own is because he has done it for others. And if he has done it for others, our God is a God of abundance, he has your own in stock. You can't take abundance from God's abundance and it will become scarcity. It will remain abundance. You can't get, you can't exhaust God. It's inexhaustible. Look at it. They marry with my friends, verse 30. But as soon as this son of yours came. Ah, oh God. You know, you, people that don't know God's love. In the first, in the first instance, that guy that asked for the, the son that asked for the property, he knew the father would grant it. 
No, no, think about it. He knew the father loved him to the point that whatever I ask, he can give me. And then he asked for it. And he went to waste it. And then he came back. I said, say, Father. <laughs> Our boy is in surrender. <laughs> he said, and this son of yours came who had devoured your livelihood with harlots. You know that we didn't know. You know that. You know, Bible only said he wasted. It was the brother that now said he devoured it with harlots. You kill the fatted calf for him. <laughs> Verse 31. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. And not that I have. And not that I have. Let's read this verse together. One, two, three, go. He said that I welcome somebody who went away with fatted calf. Does not mean being loyal and serving in this house will not be rewarded. Does not mean that you should not have been killing goats every day and be killing calf. So you can be serving and not know how to enjoy the benefit of your service. So religious. You know, no, no, no. It's not today. Now, let me, let me ask you. It's not today with this guy. He has been gossiping. He has been doing things that you get what I'm saying. This guy has been in envy. He just, his father didn't want to talk. That's what manifested when the guy, I mean, it's not impossible. When the guy left, he was happy. After all, you have, you have left now. Let me be in charge. The remaining thing, I'm the owner. Because that's where the contention is. Because when the guy came back, so you are back to come and still divide? <laughs> I thought you have gone with your home because the remaining one is supposed to be mine? Somebody in this place should be conscious of fattest things that God has put in place for you. You have always been with me. I love that. It's good to always be with the Father. So always being with the Father means that you own all the, all the things that the Father holds. You have always been with me. Healing is yours. You have always been with me. Promotion is yours. You have always been with me. All that I have is yours. All things are yours. Look at your neighbor. All things are yours. All things are yours. So why are you angry? Fatted calf? Fatted calf? And all that I have is yours. Now, just knowing the love of the Father alone is okay. So when God says, love the Lord with all your heart, you can't know that God has done so much, paid so much, alright? Put things in place for you and all response to Him in love. It doesn't matter how you are treated at work. It doesn't matter the situation in the country. It doesn't matter how your siblings, your parents, or whatever, your friends. People might even gang up to hate you. You must hold on to the love of the Father. They are always with me. Now, do you notice that nobody, nobody actually determines whether things will happen to you except God? Nobody. Let me even shock you. Not even your pastors. Because what God has put in place... Pastors are just God's representative to enforce the things that has been given unto you. And that's why pastors bless. 
Pastor's own cross. Regardless of whatever anybody does. If you are being taught to walk in love, pastor must be flying in love. If you are being taught to walk in love, pastor must be running in love. Because you are dealing with much more people. If people find it very comfortable to tell you or to talk heal of others into your ears, you will soon be told that what belongs to you is being divided outside. You will soon start getting angry. If you are the one that talk heal of people, no, I'm just telling you because you cannot truncate the love of the Father by your own anger. That's what I'm telling you to. You cannot. Get angry to tomorrow. Those boys that is at the bar drinking to stupor. If God says one of them, the grace, the mantle is coming upon the, the one of them to become the president of this country, there's nothing you can do. So as from today, when you see somebody who has stolen money from this country, and you see the person on Facebook, you don't say, hmm, this woman, this woman, she's a disgrace to all the generation of women in this world. Hmm. You know, Christians have the tendency of that. Yes. Some of you, the way you see, look at Abasha. Have you seen anger on, on Facebook when people are writing? The responses of people? Serious anger? A whole that is long dead. If you see what people are releasing and saying against you, you can't join them because you don't belong to that level. You don't belong to that level. You can't talk against the government of the day because the government of the day is there by God's power. Whether the government is taking care of you or not, God is aware. He rules in the affairs of men. Don't always think or act or talk against the order of God in the life of the people. And you must be conscious. Because those who engage in that, they are not conscious of the love of the Father. If you understand that God so much loves you, when people stand on your toes, you know he loves them too. And you can't get angry with those who God has not get angry with. You know that is the truth. But you see, there's something I learned just now here. Even me, myself, fatted calf. Fatted calf. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All things are yours. Can you say amen? amen. Say after me, say all things are mine. Say after me, say all things are mine. Can you declare it boldly? Say all things are mine. Say I receive the love of the Father. Say I'm conscious of the love of the Father. Say I'm aware of the love of the Father. And I receive the love of the Father. Say all things are mine. Say all that God has prepared for me. The cities I didn't build. The cities I didn't build. All that God has prepared for me. According to the love of the Father. I begin to enjoy them. Say I walk in forgiveness. I walk in obedience. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you everything Father. I'm not able to come back to this. Let me just tell you this. If you are conscious of the love of the Father, then the Holy Spirit will guide you on how to walk in love with people. The proof that you love the Father is that you love the people. It's all over the scripture. They obey. It says, as I have loved you, love one another. 
It's all over the scripture. He said, you can't claim that you love the father and you hate your brother. It's all over the scripture. It's all over the scripture. You love one another. You love your neighbor. You love the Muslims. You love... You love... And what does that mean? You forgive. You walk in love. I don't know why I have to come with this again. Walk in love, forgive. Walk in love, forgive. Walk in love, forgive. And give. If you cannot walk in love, it will be difficult for you to carry out every instruction that God is putting in your heart to carry out. Father, we thank you. We know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's word by Pastor Kappa of Isaiah, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact plus 234-8035-8580 or send a mail to kappaofisayo at gmail.com. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny.